everybody! I'm Lauren. I'm Bree. And welcome to Imaginary Library. Okie dokie, hello, hello! Um, hello. Today's episode, we are talking about... Uh, bo- <laughs> <laughs> Bruh! <laughs> And That's okay. I went to say hello and I almost said "olo" like freaking, like freaking Mega Mind. <laughs> you can definitely tell the difference. Recording each episode, like first episode, record early in the morning. Tonight, it's what? It's like eleven by you. Yep. We. I have work in the morning. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> okay. Well. It is our July book club episode, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hope you read it. Yeah. If you guys haven't read it, please go read it. It's a really fucking good book. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. This month we read uh, Dance of Thieves by Mary E. Pearson. I forgot. I was like, I was looking through my notes. I'm like, wait, where the fuck is the author? I'm like <laughs> scrolling through my notes app. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I actually have notes. <laughs> I have less notes, but <laughs> it's totally fine. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about Dance of Thieves today. So if you have not read the book, I suggest go reading it really quickly because we're going to be talking spoilers. Major, mm-hmm. major spoilers. But if you don't mind, chat with us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Should we start out with a summary from Goodreads? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. When the patriarch of the Ballinger Empire dies, his son Jace becomes its new leader. Um, Even nearby kingdoms bow to the strength of this outlaw family, who have always governed by their own rules. But a new era looms on the horizon, set in motion by a young queen, which makes her the target of the dynasty's resentment and anger. At the same time, Kazi, a legendary former street thief, is sent by the queen to investigate transgressions against the new settlements. When Kazi arrives in the forbidding land of the Ballingers, she learns there is more to Jace than she thought. As unexpected events spiral out of their control, bringing them intimately together, they continue to play a cat-and-mouse game of false moves and motives in order to fulfill their own secret missions. Mary Pearson's Dance of Thieves is a new YA novel in the New York Times bestselling Remnant Chronicles universe, in which a reformed thief and the young leader of an outlaw dynasty lock wits in a battle that may cost them their lives and their hearts. <laughs> Goddamn, good reads. That's a good summary. Yeah, good reads, good on these summaries. <laughs> Way better than the summary I wrote. <laughs> oh, you wrote a summary? Yeah, I didn't know. No worries now. Goodreads coming in clutch. I, listen, if you want me to read this whole paragraph, I have dyslexia, by the way. And so uh, that probably wouldn't have come out right. So <laughs> I think that was probably best that Goodreads does the summaries. I'll be honest. No, no, I feel bad. No, 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 you're totally fine. No, no way. No, no, no you're good. It's all good. Promise. I promise, I promise, I promise. It's okay. okay. Trust me. You don't want me reading that much. No. <laughs> you don't You don't want it. Okay. So, let's talk. Well, that was a summary. We, so, we talk about the plot? I, yeah, I feel like, yeah. Let's just go a bit more loosey-goosey with this. Like, as it goes. Let's do it. So, basically. Well, the summary already did that. Well, I, well there, you can get more details mm-hmm. on the plot. 
So it's Kazi, and then it's where my fuck are my notes, dude? Every single one, dude. I really dyslexia at like nine o'clock at night's not helping at all. I'm trying to squint, trying to read this fucking my notes. Maybe notes are a bad thing. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing all of their names wrong, so it's Kazi with Ren and Sin. Oh God, Sino Sinove. Sinove sounds nice. Yeah, Sinove. I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Kazi, I don't think there was a pronunciation guide, so. Kazi, Ren, and Sinove, um, they all work for the Queen. Which, guys, did you guys know that this this book series is not the first in the series, and this is based off a spinoff three book series? Cause I had no idea when we picked up this book. I saw it circulating dick up. Whoa! I was about to call it dick. <laughs> don't want to be on <laughs> <laughs> what? dude i'd be fucking terrified if we were ever on dick talk anyway no yeah. uh, anyway yeah no i i had seen this book tons on book talk yeah tons me too but never had an inkling that it was a spin-off part of a larger universe what universe is that it's the remnant chronicles i've never even heard of it I haven't either. Bruh. <laughs> Next book club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we gotta mix it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. That's true. Keep them on their toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kaze, uh, Kaze, Ren, and Sinove, they work for the queen, and they were after an outlaw, or not an outlaw, like a bad guy, so that's supposed to be in Hell's Mouth, and they're trying to find them, right? Um, what I liked about the plot and I know we talked about it in the very first episode of this podcast, how mm -hmm. depending on how a book does with multiple POVs, it could either make the book or break the book. And what I truly loved about this series is that I didn't care whose POV it was from because both POVs, I felt like every chapter we learned another secret about the character. Yeah. Where it's like, it's it still felt like the dance. Like, when they said Dance of Thieves, I was like, alright, well, it's gonna be, like, basically from how, like, the beginning of the book, where, like, they get captured, and they're in the, the cart, and they are linked together, they escape, but they're linked together by their feet with three uh, foot long of chain, and so they traverse the region uh, I can't even pronounce it. I can't. I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I can't fucking. Dude. I can't pronounce it. Is it. It's the. Camelotu? <laughs> it's camel toe. <laughs> Let's just not even try. Let's just not even try. They're traversing the wilderness. <laughs> It is literally spelled C-A-M-L-A-T-E-U-X. How the fuck am I supposed to pronounce it? Well, E-U-X is usually pronounced like <laughs> Oh, like I know, that's what I'm reading it. Oh, oh no. Oh man. Jesus Christ. So they're traversing the wilderness and they're running into like different animals and different terrains and they have to work together. 
to survive and go uh, multiple miles over a numerous round of days to even get to any sort of civilization. And they made a deal with each other, basically. They're like, all right, you tried to kill me when I first met you, and you're a pretentious asshole. Mm -hmm. But we're going to work together so we can survive. And that was my favorite fucking thing. I love a good enemies to lovers. (laughs) Absolutely. So well. Oh, but this book is, like, even so much more than a normal enemies to lovers. Right? It's so good. Because here's how this goes. So she's sent to go investigate him and find out if he's harboring this fugitive. Uh, they both get captured by slavers, basically. Mm-hmm. They end up, they escape from the slavers and end up stranded in the wild. They traverse in the wild, trying to get back to civilization, end up starting to fall for each other. There's some very steamy little scenes. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. My favorite, I know, like, we're not at quotes yet. I don't remember the quote, but, like, there was a moment where he, like, I don't know if he, saw, like, saw, it was a moment where he was, like, where she was, like, scared of something or didn't want to talk about something, and he was, like, who did that to you? And I'm, like, yes! That's what I want! Like, oh, it was- what made you afraid of, uh, like, the dark or the stars or something or of the sky who who made who made you uh who made you f- uh fear the open sky or something like yeah that? i was just like that's my shit right there that's yeah. the one mm-hmm. yeah it's that's along the lines of like uh who did this to you i'm just like yes 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 that's the one mm-hmm. so pause <laughs> I'm also a little off my ADHD meds, so... No worries. Woo, we're bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. We wildin'. Oh. So they they fall in love out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But they refuse to call it love. They're just like, oh, this is an attraction. Like This is a means to survive, is what they called it. Yeah, like, a means to survive. And, like, this is just temporary, and this is ending soon. The one, but like, I loved like some of their moments where they'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to have to show you that one day or like, oh, you'd be like, oh, wait, I can't show you this at the end because we're supposed to go our separate ways. Yeah. But finally they make it back to civilization and she's immediately treated like a prisoner. Mm -hmm. She's immediately caught off guard because he is like. Because he knew the guards that were coming up, and he was just like, all right, chain her, la la la. She's like, you fucking said we'd part ways. Yeah. But, like, he it, turns into King, uh, uh, well, it's not King Jace. What is he? Um, it's, uh, Patre, Patre, I don't know how they pronounce it. Basically, the patriarch. Yeah. Is what I think the root word she was going for there. Mm-hmm. We'll call it patriarch, just so we don't butcher. butcher. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. He turns into the family patriarch before her eyes. But mm-hmm. um, he's very quickly trying to smooth things over with her, being like, you know, I still do care about you. Like, it wasn't fake. Like, you know, you're oh. not a prisoner. But she is. <laughs> but, like, I loved it, though, because at the end, like, because, you know, like, 
it, it hit all the tropes that I liked because after they got back, he needed to make it to his father's funeral because he would just turn to the patriarch like a few days before he got captured. And so when they're getting back here, they're trying to make it to like the, the, the funeral, basically. They're trying to make it to the funeral and he is just like, you have to pose as the woman I'm going to be wed. And so this also marks one of my other favorite tropes. It's like pretends to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but then actually mm-hmm. falls in love. Like we're hitting all the tropes. We're hitting enemies, lovers. We're hitting the hey, we're gonna pretend to be this thing, but we're not mm-hmm. actually this thing. But then develop yeah. that. So I really enjoyed like them rushing to kind of like hey, put this dress on. You're Andrew. You're pretending to be my wife or the woman I'm supposed to marry. To yeah. So the people don't worry about where my absence was because if people learned that the patriarch got captured two days after his dad died, that would yeah. look so bad on the kingdom. Or mm, their rule. Yeah, and it's already in just, like, a big state of flux. And that's, like, where his, like, side of the dance comes through. It's, like, very much, like, keeping that public image and keeping the peace. And um, her side of the dance is very, like, who do I trust? Can I trust this person? That sort of thing. I mean, there's there's the trust issue on both sides, but like yeah, um, but yeah, so they pretend, but it's not pretend mm-hmm. <laughs> to be in a relationship, um, to kind of save face, um, and they talk Cassie Kat- into writing a letter to the queen and trying to get her to come and visit the Ballinger. Yeah. Um, Tor's Watch. Tor's Watch, that's what their king yeah, yeah. little king was called. Trying to get her to come visit Tor's Watch to basically recognize them as a sovereign state. Um, of course, Kazi does not trust them at this point, and so she writes it in code, basically saying, hey, be careful. Like, I'm doing what I can here, but... Mm-hmm. You know, writing in code. Yeah. And basically saying, don't trust them, but I'm doing, I'm doing my best. I'm still working the job. So they keep her around until the return letter from the queen comes back. And that's how she's kept there. And so she helps Jace kind of save face with people by pretending to be in the relationship. All the while, she and her cohorts, who, um, some of them are undercover, some of them... Um, end up staying with the family as well mm-hmm. um, are trying to look for the fugitive and all the while she's meeting his family seeing how his kingdoms run mm-hmm. realizing that maybe things weren't exactly as they appeared in the first place that yeah maybe they are only outlaws because the kingdom that they're supposed to be part of sucks yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what I liked about, like, meeting them, because the, the Ballingers, right? Am I pronouncing that right? I think so. That's how I pronounce it. So, one thing that I really liked about, like, seeing the Ballingers and how they operate, um, it's definitely a very tight-knit family, because there's, what, there was nine of them, but now there's seven, because two of the siblings died. Yeah, from, from a fever. Um but- 
that Kazi was trying no not Kazi sorry Jace is trying to find the cure for mm-hmm. um and so it was interesting it reminded me like Game of Thrones-esque kind of where it's like we're all about family and whatever's happening behind closed doors we all know about it but we're all gonna come up with a game plan to make sure the public still sees us as strong Ballinger family because they've mm-hmm. been ruling over this side <coughs> ruling over their terrain for generations yeah, that, that's one of the, like, points of the story is that their kingdom was actually the first kingdom established, and no one recognizes it, even though they were the first ones there. So they've mm-hmm. been there since the very beginning, mm-hmm. is what it is. And so it's, I really liked seeing, like, even, like, how the sisters interacted with Chase, and even, like, the little ones, too, just, like, how close, and, like, how the queen, even, was, like, how she keeps order, but we all know who the king is and who gives the final say, which is Jace. Which, like, I kind of was worried meeting Jace's mom. I thought mm. she was going to be one of those rulers, like, oh no, you listen to me. But she very much respects that Jace is the patriarch, which I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll offer guidance, but she's not hovering over a shoulder like, no, do this, 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 this. She's merely like an overseer. It f- felt less like it's... Jamie, yeah. the Cersei Lannister talking over her kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's it's also that they they choose who the heir to the family is going to be overall. Yeah. Like, and they all get a vote, but at the end they defer to who um, the previous person chose. Because he's not the oldest in his family, and it's not just because he's a boy. It's like, it could have been any of any of the kids but um his dad chose him to be Mm -hmm. because he has two older brothers one's mason and one's it's it's right there i have it in my notes but i can't see it and i'm charging my fucking mouse because i have a mac and the mouse needs to charge and it won't hold a charge and gunner gunner thank you gunner i like how like you said, they all kind of vote and they go based off of who was previously the patriarch. But mm-hmm. I like that we're not focusing on like resentment of like, oh, who's in line? Who's in line? Like you can tell the family dynamic is very, very strong in this group. Where it's mm-hmm. not like one brother plotting for the other because I wasn't chosen. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they all seem to recognize like, no, no, I, this is where, this is for the best of the family. We know our place. Not because we have to be, but because we all chose to be. Mm. Yeah, and, and Kazi definitely sees that and appreciates it and begins to, like, really appreciate the family aspect of it. Because that's the one thing that she has never had. Because mm-hmm. she grew up, um, her mother was taken by slavers when she was only six. And she fended for herself on the streets since then. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she got the position she was is that the queen... Um, recognized her as a thief yeah and instead of punishing her took her in and took care of her and yeah. made her one of her personal guard mm-hmm. so she kind of gets the gets to see a family dynamic that's you know not torn apart and, and not toxic and not toxic <laughs> and um, also just I think she appreciates most the kindness that's shown because mm-hmm. she grew up in a place where, you know, everything was 
it was all very it was impoverished it was full of punishments like there was no kindness or mercy really where she grew up exactly the way like the ballingers run their kingdom like it's very they take care of everyone as if they were family as well Mm -hmm. and if you cross them you get one chance of mercy and then after that you're done (laughs) yeah fool me once shame on you Mm -hmm. fool me twice exactly and then um who they're going after they're the same person that went after her mom right like that was a completely different person that was that was different that's what i thought yeah because the person they're going after was a captain in the um in the war that um decimated the queen's family mm-hmm. and um i'm sure it's it's part of the plot that was explained in the in the first trilogy of books oops i'm guessing but we'll, we'll see <laughs> but yeah he's he's a traitor to the crown and caused the deaths of tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. um the guy who took her mom also just happened to be living in that kingdom um, that's right because he was a um like a caravan driver yeah yeah and um he dealt in selling people Mm -hmm. which is why uh he took her mother um but yeah it turns out that he lived in that kingdom because the uh ballingers were dealing with the black market and like keeping it under they thought they were trying to keep it under control, but really, like, there's no way you can control that kind of thing. Right. Um, and they were also harboring the captain and some other war criminals um, because they, well, for one, they did not know at all the extent of their crimes. And two, they promised to make them weapons and find a cure for the fever. Mm-hmm. Which the is fever what that really would... what got their foot in the door. The fever that killed the Jesus' siblings. siblings. Um, and that's that's where I think that the double POVs is not only good in this book, I think it's necessary. Because you really not only get to see like both sides of the relationship, um, which I think is really good. Like that's that's like one of the best times to have POVs is in like a romance book, I think. Because you get to see each person's point of view, literally. Yeah, and their thought process throughout the development of the relationship. But also in this, you get to see each one's perception of their own world in the society. How they think about things. How it may not be problematic to them, but they don't see the whole picture. And you get to see like the bits and pieces that Mm -hmm. only each other is seeing. And only... One of the good things about this book is most of it comes to light because they do finally, like, open up to each other and share with each other. And that keeps it from being toxic or, like, huge, massive betrayals against each other. Yeah. Because they do kind of open themselves up along the way. Yeah. But. And it's not like when things come to light. um, Because, like I said, each chapter we learn 
oh, well, they knew about this but didn't tell me. Oh, but they knew about this on both sides, both Jace and Kazi. And so it's, they both try to show, like, even if they're frustrated about this secret or something hidden, maybe not even secret, but something like they withheld or maybe like, for example, Jace not knowing that they were harboring the word harboring fugitives. Is that the word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. More like Jace didn't know that he was harboring fugitives, but they both, when they learn about these truths, it's not like the others like denying it. It was more like a, they try to understand it. So when we learn about these different truths from each character and we learn about how said character reacts, mm -hmm. you can see that there's like more of an understanding, not like a you're constantly lying to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it all comes to a head when um, Kazi and the other members of the Rattan, which are the queen's personal guard slash like task force almost yep, yep. um they managed to capture the fugitives and are trying to sneak them out of town but jace caught on to her right in time and he and the rest of his family face them and the only way the kazi is able to get out is by taking jace hostage as well mm -hmm. so they're able to get out on the road with the fugitives and jace in their custody and head to an army encampment like that's, I think, the biggest point of contention in the book. The point where they're, like, actually really fully angry at each other. Yeah. And, like, but even then, there's still, like, a whole lot of remorse and mixed feelings there. And that's another thing I liked is that the emotions didn't just, like, turn on a dime every time, like, a little revelation came out. It was very much, like, a mix of feelings expressed. Yeah. And it was it was a very natural way of things mm -hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't that dumb fanfic trope of misunderstanding that i hate more than anything <laughs> when reading fanfic this was like natural misunderstandings like you know we only met each other like maybe two months ago at this point like yeah there's things about each other that we don't know but once we know that we understand what mm -hmm. this person's done in a much different light and just kind of that learning and opening up is what, you know, clears up the plot. And it's like a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah. And, and I, what I like about it, too, is like when with each revelation, it's none of these characters. It's not like black and white, you know, yeah, no. with their emotions. It's not like, oh, I learned this thing. I hate you. It's more like a maybe like maybe I feel upset but that doesn't mean I don't love you just frustrated at the situation. It's it's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of gray area for both characters that I really enjoyed how this was done. Like if there is no way this book could, cause this book could succeed without that. Mm -hmm. Cause it couldn't, there's no way it could have been black and white. Cause no, there had absolutely, not. absolutely had to been the gray area. Cause I would have DNF'd 10 chapters in. <laughs> No, it's, I really appreciated how complex everything was mm -hmm. in, yeah, but like just the core of understanding I thought was really good. And, you know, on that journey to the army camp, there's like, they're so mad at each other. And then there's one point where Cassie just comes to Jason and is like, I just need you to shut up and listen to me. 
and then she tells him the entire history of these men and what they have done and all of their crimes and then just leaves Jace to think about that and Jace starts to think back on all of his you know interactions with these men and things that seemed wrong but he just like kind of blinded himself to it and just begins to look at things in a new light and realizes that he was taken for a fool and he even ends up fighting <laughs> these men yeah a few times on the way just because they angered him so much at how much they betrayed him yeah to the point where they were having to keep him separate and he wasn't even like really a prisoner anymore <laughs> yeah no just, he's just he trying hated to... them as much as everyone else did mm-hmm. eventually and he eventually came to Kazi and told her, here's why we, I was taken in by them. And um, this is why we took them in. But that's, I wasn't trying to excuse their actions sort yeah. of thing. And oh, no, it's just so healthy. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just so a, beautifully healthy. Yeah, that like despite this being like an enemies to lovers thing, like it was very very honest, and I like how each character like okay they would admit whenever like they get confronted they would admit like okay yeah I did keep this from you but I didn't keep this from you to be an asshole. There's a reason I couldn't talk about this. Because mm-hmm. either, like, emotional trauma or I was taking advantage of mm-hmm. mentally. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It was well, very, very healthy. Or even just, like, just the natural, like, progression of things in that case of... There's there's one part near the beginning where Kazi stole um, Jace's signet ring from <laughs> the slavery who captured them. And she didn't give it back to him while they were falling in love out in the forest or anything. And even she wasn't really totally sure why. But once they get back to society and, like, someone tried to question his authority, be like, oh, you lost your ring already? She's like, oh, here it is. And he was like, why didn't you give me back the ring? And she said, well, I gave it back to you when it mattered. Because, you know, she's still a thief at heart. And that's who she's always been. So she's not used to doing that sort of thing. But she did eventually give it back. And that is what mattered. That she was she was starting to change. Yeah. Just just the little stuff. Mm -hmm. stuff. So fucking well done. But yeah, at the end of the book, they get to the queen. And the queen hears out Kazi. And she tells her everything about Jace, about his family, about the kingdom that she's grown to love. And the queen meets him face to face for herself. And she sees everything that Kazi said about him is true. And she agrees to recognize the sovereignty of Tor's watch. And to let Jace walk free. And then she decides to appoint Kazi as an ambassador between the two kingdoms so that she can go be with Jace. <laughs> it's so fucking sweet. It's so freaking sweet. And, and the like, way- <laughs> There's the moment when he is like like I they were like in the middle of like him like talking about like uh to the queen also 
Mm-hmm. Talking about, like, I didn't know about this. Just basically coming out with the truth and then just looking at Kazi is like, the truth is I fucking love you. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my god. So goddamn good. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and it's wonderful. And that's this book is not enemies to lovers. It's <laughs> It's enemies to begrudging alliance to lovers to enemies to fake relationship to to contentious relationship to real relationship to enemies (laughs) to to working it out to lovers (laughs) truly the perfect title to this book is dance of thieves absolutely perfect because it's dancing around each other it's dancing around politics about society about feelings and complexity of backgrounds and histories and uh, it's so good kiss it's so freaking good this book's so good because so many like enemies to lovers like i was a little worried a little bit when i was first reading the book i was a little worried because like i didn't know if the whole book was gonna be just them traversing this the wilds mm-hmm. to like getting back which i'm kind of glad they didn't because when they finally like got to it and then he's like oh you have to pretend to be my like my mistress or whatever i thought the romance was gonna it was just gonna be like a, oh we're together now i loved that they still kept the dance up if mm. that makes sense like it was very very well done it was very, never 100 percent one way or the other yeah it, it was there was always like there were feelings and then other things surrounding that. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and nothing gets me excited more than being able to see both sides. And I think that's like both POVs. Like, <coughs> I think you said it before, like sometimes POVs don't work because you find yourself wanting to read this side more than the other side. Whereas mm-hmm. like both POVs invi- invited different aspects of each other's life and like oh well this is my way of thinking and i knew this but like why weren't they honest about this and Mm -hmm. vice versa just like it was so natural and super well done switching from each pov to pov like you can definitely tell the thought process and like even some of the stuff that they like i think kazi was like asking jace one day she's like oh who's that guard like walking by he's like oh well that's just a regular guy just like doing his normal watches turns out wasn't a normal guy doing normal watches but it wasn't that he (laughs) was hiding it from her it was like he didn't know Mm -hmm. which very very well done absolutely fucking Mm -hmm. loved it just just like a whole so much importance put on understanding each other's point of views and where they're coming from mm-hmm. and the communication between that which mm-hmm. is not only good for a multiple pov book it is also just really good for relationships in general mm-hmm. and good shit i also really liked both of them recognizing their different upbringings mm-hmm. whereas like Jace learning like, oh, she didn't grow up with this, and Cassie, oh, yeah. go ahead. The the moment where she, cause she hid her background from him for most of the book. Yeah. 
from most of it because it's just something that she's always pushed down and hidden from and he told her so much about him and she still just shut away and then finally it all came to a head and she came out and she told him everything all at once and there's a scene I think it's it might be the next day or later that day or something where he's sitting at dinner and he's looking at all of his family around him the food on his plate the like all of the, the like servants. riches and stuff everything that he's taken for granted and like it just makes him sick because he thinks that she never had any of this mm-hmm. and just finally seeing everything in her point of view and just really throws that into shock perspective mm-hmm. it's so well done very very well done so fucking good um what else can we talk about I really love, like, the, just jumping off of that, the, like, themes of poverty that yeah. kind of come through in this book. Mm-hmm. The, like, kind of question of, like, morality about how, like, the Ballingers kind of hold up this one idea of morality that Kazi doesn't fit into, how he, like, judge, judges her for stealing when he first meets her and stuff, whereas that's natural where she comes from because they don't have as much as that kingdom does yeah it's so much poor and she had to do all of this to survive not to be you know she's not trying to be a criminal she had to in order to survive and just that that the kind of exploration of that and yeah, and seeing that point of view. And you also see it with the um, other members of the Rattan who all seem to kind of come from um, backgrounds like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ren and Sinove um, saw their parents murdered in front of them when um, the previous king, or whatever he was called, Komazar, I think? Something like that. Yeah, when um, he had a whole bunch of people in their district killed. And so they also were kind of on the streets with Kazi for a time. Yeah. Yeah, it just it puts a new perspective that for most of the book we see Jace and his entire kingdom as like this font of wealth and prosperity and family and safety. And everyone that we see from the other kingdom has come from that life of poverty and terror and solitude. Mm-hmm. And both of them just kind of seeing each other for the first time. And especially when they, um, the settlement of uh, people from Kazi's kingdom, um, when they go out to help them, they do it when Jace's family goes out to help them as part of Kazi's conditions for writing the letter. Yeah. Um, they're very begrudging about it at first, and then they see how little that these people have and how grateful they are for everything that they have, and they immediately just start heaping other stuff upon them. Like, you know, we can dig a cellar, we can build three more houses, right? you know, we're gonna send a teacher out for all of them, and... <laughs> It's very, very beautifully done. Because they did it begrudgingly, too. They're like, fine, fuck, we'll do it. We just want mm-hmm. the queen to recognize this. And then it's just like, oh, there's more outside of the bubble that we've, you know, built for us. And so mm-hmm. it's really, and it helps, like, it also helped the 
the people of their uh, rule, under their rule, like, respect the Ballingers even more, which mm-hmm. is, it helped both of them, both parties. It, it was really good. I really, really enjoyed how that was done. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the other characters? Because obviously, you and I, we both love Jason Kazi. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I wanted to see a little bit more of is maybe it's because, like, this is mainly a Jason Kazi POV. But one thing I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of was the development of its side characters. Mm-hmm. That's, like, because I really love the book. But, like, just his sister, how she accidentally blabbed to the guy she was talking to about seeing, getting a letter from the queen. They're going to get recognized, la, la, la. And he comes after Jace and mm-hmm. Kazi while they're trying to rebuild this part of their uh, rule. Just, I wanted to see a little bit more of the repercussions of her actions, if that makes sense. I felt like we kind of, like, not brushed past it, in a sense, but just, that was such, like, a major point of the book, too, Mm -hmm. was just, like, oh, there's a mole. And, like, Jace, like, punished her for it. He's like, oh, you're not in the court anymore. Like, yeah, like, your, your job, gone. Yeah. Here. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that side of her, like, not regret, but Jace talking to her, and as well as Kazi talking to her and being like, hey, you know. We did kind of get Jace talking to her yeah. some, but yeah, I would have liked to see Kazi interacting with her more. Yeah. Just so, like, Kazi can, like, kind of understand too, because mm-hmm. to her, she straight up betrayed them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is difficult just because there are so many Ballengers. True. Like, Fairness. You're you're never gonna get them all fleshed out and mm-hmm. fully recognized, but yeah, I do wish we had gotten a bit more personality on some of the others. But once again, like I understand with like time constraints and the focus on the book. Yeah. So that's like a very minor gripe with Yeah, me, very, very, very minor gripe. Very like, minor. Also like Sinove and Mason's uh relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh again, because they're not the focus, right? We're focusing yeah. on Jason Kazi. We're, so. we're very much seeing it through Jason Kazi's eyes too. Exactly. So I'm not trying to be like nitpicky, which I kind of feel like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because, like one minute, you know, Mason fucking hates uh, Sinove and he's just like super annoyed with her and then we get that moment where Jason's walking by and he's just like nope gotta go not seeing that because he's mm-hmm. overhears Mason and Sinove like going at it um but uh yeah we know that the main focus is those two and so it kind of made the side characters like you know not <laughs> there's not a lot of too much personality of them but that's because it's not the main focus because like you said mm-hmm. we're seeing it from their point of view yeah. um so and if I, think I we got we got like enough little bits here and there to like you know make them endearing or infuriating like mm-hmm. like that fucking what, prince <laughs> yeah like i think what little we did get was effective yeah but, yeah we could we could have gotten a little bit more but yeah Again, not a major red flag, and not a major, like, I fucking hate little book. Like, it yeah. was just one of the... It's just me, honestly, me being nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Did you save some quotes from this book? Yes! <laughs> me too. 
I immediately, when I read this, I, I messaged you. I'm like, how far in the book? And you're like, I haven't started yet. I'm like, shit, okay. The mm-hmm. very first quote I saved, and this is going back to the whole, like, what made you afraid of the sky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- uh, the quote is, no one did anything to me. I answered quietly. Then hold on to me, he said. Let me show you the stars. I fucking died. I loved it so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who made you afraid of an open world, <coughs> an open sky? That, 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 that's the line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let me show you the stars is what got me. That's, that one is the one I was just like, mm. holy fuck. <laughs> Wait, did you already read one? Because I got another one. I haven't read one. I, I was, I was just, I found the one on Goodreads. The, oh. the rest of the quote from Goodreads. That you okay. Read, but this, this is, fu- this is the every exchange of words between Jace and me, which I, I realized as I was reading, I was like, that's a grammatical error from the author. But <laughs> it should be, should be Jace and I. But, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're it, you're also, like, a English major and just fucking yeah. creative writing and stuff. I'm like, you, yeah. you, it's, you're paid to know them, point that out. Well, I'm not paid. I would like to be. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every exchange of words between Jace and me seemed like a dance, a step forward, a step back, circling, both of us leading, anticipating, wondering what the next move would be. Absolutely great. Beautiful. Fucking amazing. Ugh. My favorite quote at the very end was them like them admitting what they wanted and the quote is I do want tomorrows with you Jace I want a lifetime of tomorrows because the whole theme of the book was just like them like we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring but we want what's mm-hmm. right now and so they're always like throughout the book always telling each other like what do you want right now we can worry about tomorrow later mm-hmm. and that was from when they met from when they traversed the lands to get back to civilization. Like, let's focus on now. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow, we're going to probably hate each other again. And so, finally, at the very end, when she was like, I do want tomorrows with you, Jace. A lifetime of tomorrows. I'm just like... Because <laughs> he confessed to her way before they captured the... Um, <coughs> captured the... The... Troop? I'm blanking on words before they made their way back to their kingdom mm-hmm. like he confessor he's like i i know what i want i love you and it wasn't until the very end where she's like i love you too I'm like yes fucking great anyway continue mm-hmm. um this is from when they found those uh wish stocks on the bank and she started talking about how like useless wishes were but at the same time um they were necessary and she said for a few minutes a wish put a sword in my hand and gave me power over the grimness of our world Mm. yeah just like that little tinge of like you gotta have hope you gotta have that little bit of whimsy to keep you going yeah mine's another one of those like tension moments from the very beginning i loved when they were like connected to each other uh by the chain on their leg because they even like mentioned it throughout like the book and the stuff where like they're in the castle and it's just like it's weird not being three feet apart 
from mm-hmm. the other and like how like I still feel like the ghost of the chain whenever like we're together and just like they keep on referencing it and I'm like just like ah. <laughs> so uh, the one quote I have is because um, Jace talking to her is like it's it's awkward isn't it what's that I replied my voice far too breathy these moments when we're not hating each other because mm-hmm. then it's like it's like them in their own little world as they're traveling and then like just that looming well tomorrow probably not gonna you know we're gonna go back to hating each other Mm -hmm. and so it's just one of those moments where like they're in their world and then like reality sits in so ah, i fucking love that part it's great great Mm -hmm. it makes me think because like uh i don't know why this popped in my head but that one moment where they're at the party and they're just talking, and, like, JC's, like, pissed. And so he gets her. Oh, yes. <laughs> he comes up. He's so pissed. And she's, like, what's going on? What's happened? And then he, like, drags her off, and he is just, like, you know what? I want to fucking kiss you. And not because it's for a show. I want to kiss you because I really want to kiss you. And, like, you want to kiss me, too. La, la, la. It's just, ah, amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My next quote is from that bit. Yes! Because... <laughs> Because, yeah, he was like that. And she was like, we don't have tomorrows. I can't give you the answer that you want or whatever. And he's like, I don't care. Tell me what you want right now. And she says, I want to kiss you because I want you. Every part of you. Even the parts that infuriate me beyond telling. Because you infected me with the poison that I don't want to flush out. Because you're a mad viper twisting around my middle. Cutting off my breath. Yet I want you more than I want to breathe. (laughs) so good. Good shit. <laughs> so fucking good. Ugh. And then after, because she was bitten by the hound thing, and then it was poisonous, so, mm-hmm. like, that fear a bit where he's just like, why didn't you tell me you were bit? And just, like, the, the dance continuing of, like, why didn't you tell me? Or, like, oh, you lied, etc., etc. Mwah. Chef's kiss! Oh. It's great. And then, it, like, cutting back to, like, the memory he had of, like, the reason he was so terrified of that happened, of holding her as she was, like, convulsing with the poison... And then it cuts back to the memory of when he held his sister and she died in, in his, his arms. arms. Yeah. And it, it's like, oh. Um, speaking of tra- trauma, um, yes. I also have, um, this is a quote about Ren mm-hmm. from when um, they were trying to get her to wear that pink dress to the party. Yes. And... She she absolutely did not want to do it, but she pointed out that it was soft and how Ren always loves soft things, even mm-hmm. though it didn't really match personality. And it said, I was sure it was tangled up in something from her past, all of those things that none of us talked about, the secrets that we stuffed down deep in a dark, broken part of us. Oh, wow. Like, That's good. That's yeah, because there's also, like, a big focus on, like, trauma mm-hmm. in the book and, like, how we deal with it and deal with the things in our past and like how most of the characters like shut it out and shut it away but and like how that helps for a time but it it's never truly helpful exactly it's, it's just holding that captive mm-hmm. really um kind of on that too it's just like again this whole thing was uh, a dance between those two so this quote like really got me um just it i think this was on their way back to the queen um, sometimes it seemed the timing of the entire world was off, our intentions coming too soon or too late, life crowding up to blur our vision, and only later when the dust settles we can see our missteps. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's that was the moment where they're like, that caravan ride back to the queen is when they seem mm-hmm. to understand each other the most because that's all they could think about was each other's point of view, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They didn't have time to do anything else, just days on the road. Exactly. Just realizing what it got them there. Mm-hmm. There's there's another part of the book that we didn't address that um, even the book like kind of only faintly mentions here and there, and that's like there's like some remnants of magic in this world. Yeah. The biggest one, which is um, seers, because um, there's there's straight up a seer in Jace's kingdom who gives him warnings from here and there. That's but right. So, um, Sinove, I think I think it's her. Mm-hmm. She has dreams that show her images and some of those come true from time to time and so that's like a power that's around but there's one thing that the book heavily heavily implies but never fully dresses is that Kazi has those powers too Mm -hmm. and but not the seer powers but she can hear the dead yeah which she talks about sometimes about hearing hearing the voices of ghosts and um, seeing death himself in situations where people are about to die. Um, but you you kind of wonder, or at least I did for a while, if it was like a bit of a metaphor. Yeah. But when it really like came down to it was when the um, Dark Cottage, I think is what it was called, mm-hmm. the place where the fugitives were staying. Yeah. When she first investigated it, she she swore she could have heard voices saying don't danger go back Mm -hmm. and heard like ghostly voices and she didn't really think anything of it and then later on um they're talking about how there was a massacre of ballinger family in like 100 years before or whatever where everyone had been killed and that had happened in dark cottage yeah people had a large amount of people had died in there so that explained all the voices she was hearing but that that became like an underlying current of the book was her relationship with death and hearing those voices and there's one quote that's the ghosts they never go away they call to you in unexpected moments their hands lacing with yours and pulling you down paths that lead nowhere Mm -hmm. which yeah it is a really weird like kind of mix of metaphor and also i think legitimate magic yeah. Which I went on that tangent a bit more than I thought I would. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um <clears throat> kind of like going off of that because the one because uh, there was the quote I saw, choose your words carefully, even the words you think, because they become seeds and the seeds become history. One thing we also didn't touch on is the riddles that Kazi does. And so that was, like, a major thing between them. Mm -hmm. Because she told a riddle to the caravan driver to, like, steal the keys and break them out, etc., etc. But to, like... Jace didn't realize Kazi had uh, any sort of, like, anxiety being out in the open and stuff. And this was before all of that. He noted that, like, hey, she's not okay. So I'm going to keep asking her riddles to kind of get her mind off things. Mm -hmm. Keep her calm, etc., etc. And so it got to a point where he he got to a point where Jace was saying riddles to Kazi, and it was just so fucking cute, dude. Like, I I can't find the quotes or whatever of the riddles that he told her, 
but they some of them were really fucking cute, my guy. Mm-hmm. And that just always was their thing to like calm them or convey an emotion that they didn't dare speak yet. I really, really enjoyed that aspect too. Mm-hmm. This also just kind of goes on with the whole emotion thing, but mm-hmm. I liked this one. Hear the language that isn't spoken, for everyone can hear spoken words, but only a few can hear the heart that beats behind it. And that's, I believe that's from when Kazi was telling about how her mother would teach her to kind of, kind of gauge people. Yeah. Try and see things that others didn't. And that eventually ended up leading to her being able to survive. Yeah. Out on her own. I think that's all my quotes. Yeah, I think that's all mine too. Okay. How do you rate this book? Oh, will I? <laughs> I feel okay. The thing is, there's nothing really I found wrong with the book. Even though like the one thing that I did find like it wasn't a major deal breaker. I would love to see a little bit more developed side characters, but it wasn't necessary because again, we're from Jason Kazi's point of view. I feel kind of mm-hmm. guilty given this this rating, but you know what? Fuck it. I make the rules. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. I loved how healthily this was done, how captivating it was. I 100% would like recommend it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um just the themes that they talked about both just being in a relationship in general on how they shared like expressed jace and um kazi's relationship overall Mm -hmm. just beginning built on trust and truth is something beautiful to watch and read so yeah absolutely loved it 10 out of 10 yeah people are not gonna (coughs) trust us they're gonna be like oh these girls just (laughs) they just they just slap big numbers on everything (laughs) this is their first book club I know, I know. That's why I'm like, do I feel guilty giving it a 10 out of 10? Like, what if I just give it a 9 out of 10? But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like, even the things that I found, like, as a con doesn't make it a big con. So I'm like, yeah, 10 yeah, out of 10. I know. Because, like, I think my only, like, con would be, like, maybe a bit more of the world building in the kingdoms and stuff. True. But also, this is coming from a bigger universe of books. So Yeah, that's very, very true, because these yeah. books are more focused on one central area mm-hmm. versus... Also, also, this is the first book in what I assume is going to be a trilogy. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I do know that there is another book, which I will be reading as soon as we're done with this podcast. Yes, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's still not, like, a big enough gripe for me, because I feel like it really... The whole dance of it, of... The dance of the romance, the understanding, the misunderstandings, the society expectations, all of that. It just works so well. Mm -hmm. It's a breath of fresh air in terms of healthy relationships and using that as a plot point. And I just, I love 10 out of 10. It's 10. 10 Mm -hmm. out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 plus 10. Divide by two, it's ten overall. It's still ten. (laughs) It's still ten. (laughs) We rate this book as a ten. (laughs) Everyone go read this book. Yeah, for some reason, if you listen to this entire spoiler-filled episode without reading the book, you should still go read it. Yes. (laughs) You will not regret it. Exactly. Um, 
What was I gonna say? Oh man, I was gonna say something good. Fuck! I was gonna say something good about the book. Anyway, but yes, that's what it was. For the fact that this book is technically a spin-off, this is a really well done standalone book. Like, I like that, like, I, cause Lord and I had no fucking idea this was also part of a bigger universe. So the fact that this book did so well standing on its own makes mm -hmm. me excited to read the Remnant books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like that's where more of the world building is going to be because, yeah. <coughs> you know, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I loved it. I am going to read more. I'm going to read them all. I can't wait to read the second book. Yeah. It closed um, off with a nice little bow, the ending. It's just yeah. like, oh. Well, of course, then there was the little hook into the next book of the, um, something going awful at Tor's watch and them trying to send a message out on a bird mm -hmm. saying, come back and them shooting the bird out of the sky. And it was all very mysterious and they're in big trouble, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Other than that, it was a nice boat, and I would probably be content with just leaving it there, but... Yeah. Which I appreciate, as I said, I hate cliffhangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is an acceptable kind of well, if, cliffhanger, because it was only a little hook at the end. Exactly, exactly. Some some books can do a really good cliffhanger, or like... like it could have ended right there, and I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I'm glad we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that was Dance of Thieves. That was our first book club. It was. That was yeah. fun. So I don't know what we're going to do next week because we're having to pre-record these kind of, this one kind of early because uh, Bree's going to San Diego Comic Con, so mm -hmm. she's going to be busy through the week. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll figure out what our next episode's going to be. We're just not going to be able to announce it here, but... Next episode, we will announce our August book club book. Or you can we'll we're, we'll announce it on social media too. So yeah, if we'll you announce on social media too. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, speaking of social media, catch us on Twitter at Imagine Lib, all one word. Um, on YouTube at Imaginary Library. Um, shoot us an email at ImaginaryLibrarians at gmail .com. And you can follow us separately. I'm on Twitter at Lorelai underscore Lee. And I'm at Twitter underscore Death Omen. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm going to bed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye.